Whoa, easy there, Greg. <laughs> that wasn't me. That was the ketchup bottle. Are you sure about that, Dad? <laughs> yeah, I'm very sure. I didn't cut a fart at Christmas dinner. I wouldn't do that. Welcome to Blood and Black Run Podcast's Festivus Series. This year, we're bringing you all kinds of Yuletide classics, such as Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, They Did It Again, Honor Majesty's Secret Service, Oh, James Bond, you seasonal scoundrel, Trading Places, where people are just shitty, and The Santa Clauses, the newest conservative Disney Plus TV show. We hope you enjoy all season long. Hey guys, welcome back to the Blood and Black Rum podcast. I'm Ryan from ColdSplantation.com. I'm joined with my co-host, Martin. How's it going? Doing pretty well. We are, this is the last episode of our Festivus series, isn't it? The this last is time where uh, we do feats of strength. That's right. Did we already air the grievances? Oh, we did when we did, uh, when we did Home Sweet Home. Ah, uh, okay. I know that was for Thanksgiving. That was that was the area. <laughs> we, we've already season. aired them in, during the Thanksgiving season. Um, yeah, we uh, so we've we've done a number of uh, films for the holidays, and as we've talked about on the previous episodes, um, the films that we picked this year were kind of like in the liminal space of Christmas movies, where they Christmas is occurring, but it may not be the main event in the movie, and. This time we're we're following up with something that's extremely Christmassy, and is a new release this year too. So, a, a two for one special. It's that one with Santa with a shotgun, right? No, I wish. I mean, it would have been cool to do Violent Night, but it just hit streaming now, um, and just didn't uh, didn't make the cut for this year. Maybe next year. Maybe we'll do it next year. But uh, it, I'm glad that we didn't do Christmas Bloody Christmas either. Um, cause I watched that one. It was a, a new Christmas slasher movie on Shudder, uh, by Joe Bagos. And, um, that one was not good. Did not enjoy. Uh, it was, a, it was meant to be a Silent Night, Deadly Night remake. And then for whatever reason, the, the actual like Silent Night, Deadly Night name it had to be stripped and stuff, but they still kept a lot of the ideas. So like there's Santa with an ax, uh, there's a toy store, but this one's a little bit updated for um, contemporary audiences. So there's eating ass in it. And uh, Ooh, yeah, ass eating, ass eating. And uh, lots of lots of it's, a, it's also got a Rob Zombie script. Um, not literally like Rob Zombie didn't write it, but it has a Rob Zombie esque script. Lots like F bombs literally like like peppered throughout normal speech. Like just like, oh, this fucking day. This, I'm fucking fucking sick of this fucking Stupid day. Fuck this day. So Fucking it's day. what the monster should have been. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Lily Monster comes down and... Herman! <laughs> the fuck are you doing down there? Yeah, no. it was, I did not enjoy it. I'm glad we didn't do that one. What would have been a cool one to do, though it's not really Christmassy, we might we might be able to get away with this like as a winter-style um, movie, is the new one that just uh, released on Adult Swim, uh, which was called... The Adult Swim Yule Log, otherwise known as The Fireplace, um, which is a pretty cool idea. It's directed by the guy who did um, uh, Too Many Cooks. And Too it's Many a, Cooks? Yep. And it's a full-length movie. That's, I think it's the, it's the first full-length movie that Adult Swim has done. Um, 
It was no, they've they did a Aqua Teen movie. No, I mean that's been released um, on their channel. That's also a um, a live action movie. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, you forgot Bag Boy. That's not a movie though. That's that's a movie. This is full length, ninety minute movie. Yeah, um, Bag Boy. It was it was actually pretty fun. Uh, weird for a while. Um, it does have a it pulls from a lot of tropes, horror movie tropes. Um, pretty pretty interesting. So if you haven't checked it out, you should check it out. It's, uh, on HBO Max now, I think. And um, it's pretty cool because I think it caught a lot of people off guard because people were ju- literally expecting just like one of those Yule logs that, you know, video of the fireplace for too many cooks. ninety minutes. Now I want to watch Too Many Cooks. Yeah, it's great. Too Many Cooks is better. I will say that. It's better because it's, I mean, it's 16 minutes long. You know, Too Many Cooks is 16 minutes long. You can't get away with it for, or like 11 minutes, however long it is. Can't get away with that for too long. Whereas like, you know, as the longer that you draw some of these ideas out, the the less effective they become over time. And I think that that is something that the fireplace kind of falls into, but uh, it's an interesting movie. Check it out. Um, but no, we're not doing either of those movies. That's just a side side conversation that I thought I'd have. Hell, we're not we're not even doing a movie. <laughs> no, we're not. We're not doing a movie. Although Tim Allen, I in in interviews, I did see him call it like a three hour epic. Like it's no, no. You know he no. he refused to refer to it as a TV show. But that's what it is. It's a mini series. You know what? If this had been released in the 1990s, this would have been the two two night mini series movie by Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of Tim Curry, you get Tim Allen. <laughs> tune, tune in for both three hour parts on Friday and Saturday night. Stephen King's The Santa Clauses. No, but it is three hours long. Santa Clauses that released on Disney Plus this year. It's a direct follow-up to the originals, so the first three. And you know what? This is a trend that I kind of do like from Disney is that Disney is taking franchises now and they're just throwing fucking cash at people. They're like, hey, you were in the movie for <clears throat> five minutes. Will you come back, please? Here's no. a bag of cash. No, that's... Okay, well, I agree they're, they're missing a few important people in this movie. Who's not here? Judge Reinhold. It's not yeah. here. So, I mean. But I don't know. Uh, we're, Probably we're gonna, Disney gonna, did gonna, offer him a fucking fuck ton of money. And Judge Reinhold said no. I don't care. He said whether no, they, Scott. They, they, whether they offered that Mickey Mouse blood money or not. This is get, this film's getting handicapped <laughs> you think, by, two, you think, by, two, by two points. I can see that. Off. You know, I can see that. Like, uh, they go up to Judge Reinhold. Uh, Mickey Mouse guys go up to the, C, the C-suite, goes up to Judge Reinhold. They're like, Judge, uh, we got a really interesting proposition for you. Bringing the Santa Claus back. What do you think about that? He, judge is like, no. They're like, but we brought this giant duffel bag of money. Judge is still like, mm, no, I'm re- I'm pretty much retired from acting. I'm not doing that. I've got enough money from the Santa Claus and uh, the Oscar <laughs> Mayer weenie whistle tie-in uh, that I don't need any more of your, your blood money cash, Disney. And Disney's like, all right, shut the production down. Judge won't come back. That's it. I mean, they could have got Christopher McDonald to be Judge Reinhold, but no. <laughs> yeah. 
shut the fucking thing down. If Judge is not coming back in a stepfather role for this TV show, then we're not having it. See, but that's where, see, and you'll have to listen to our, <clears throat> excuse me, original review of the Santa Claus. Judge Reinhold is the glue in the first film. He is. Like, he is perfect. And not only that, but a lot of the jokes are revolve around Judge yeah. as well. So it's not, it's you know, it's not like he has to be constantly doing something, but Hell. he is the focal point. Hell, he's a psychiatrist in this film. They make fun of him. Like, oh, it's 1993. Who goes to a fucking shrink, you fucking loser? <laughs> now it's like, hey, Judge, come on. We all, we all have depression, anxiety, you know, uh, opioid and, you know, drug addiction. Come on and, like, we pull up a chair. Maybe that's why he's not here. He's too busy. He's supposed to be retired by now, but everything's gone to such shit. He's sitting there, like, you know, double booked until he's dead. Very true. And you know what, too? They probably couldn't find any of those nice sweaters that he wears. What do you mean they can't find those nice sweaters? That's like the whole like thing now. Ugly sweater. Ah, yeah, ugly. but now now it's now it's too outre for a judge. Can't be wearing so those anymore. So if they're ugly Christmas sweaters, what were they back then? I don't know. He was a just, hipster before there was hipster. Just sweater? Yeah. He was a hipster. He was he was at the forefront of fashion and no one knew it and poor poor judge has to take all of the shit that Tim Allen gives him throughout. Like, look at this sweater, look at that sweater. Little did they know Tim Allen would be heading to uh jail for a couple nights for a DWI while Judge <laughs> Reinhold would be the the trendsetter for fashion. Um yeah, so the Santa Clauses is, is but, but like I was saying, I, I really like that they have been just, you know, basically trying to go back to these these franchises and get the original people to come back again. Because that's what everybody wants, right? Like Nostalgia. They want nostalgia. They want um, revisiting and like those tie-in moments, those callbacks. And Disney's really been giving that to us, like the Mighty Ducks. Nobody asked for that. Stop. No, I'm just saying though that n- maybe no one asked for it, but they surely did enjoy the Mighty Ducks game changers, and they fucking got Emilio Estevez until he had a COVID breakdown, and said, "No, I'm not getting the vaccination or whatever, whatever happened with that." But they got Emilio Estevez back. That's pretty awesome. You know, they've been doing this with these franchises, and they do the same thing with Santa Claus. They basically said, "Hey, Tim Allen, you know, hey, um, kid who plays Charlie in the original. I don't even know his name." Um, the fuck's his name? Eric Lloyd. Eric Lloyd. Hey, Eric Lloyd, you've been doing nothing lately. We have money for you. Um, you know, <laughs> they they said, uh, uh, hey, Calpen, you've been doing nothing lately. You weren't in the originals, but we've got money for you too. <laughs> Calpen, not one to turn down a shitty script. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Elizabeth Mitchell, you haven't been doing that much either. Come on back, Mrs. Claus. Roll out the welcome wagon. See, okay, let me let me before we dive too deep into it. What do you, what what do you prefer? The fact that they brought like people back and it's like you know it's the Santa Claus Four basically, or would you have rather seen a reboot, a remake? No, no. Um, I would not have rather seen a remake. I am glad that they did a sequel, and we'll talk about that a little bit more as we get into the the movie itself. But I am glad that. The way that they went about this is less um, focused on the cheesiness of two and three, which, if you remember, 
really, really went hard on like Disneyfying things. And they kind of struck a balance between the original film and then the more Disneyfied Santa experience with the North Pole environment. So I think they, I think I am absolutely satisfied with what they've done with the Santa Clauses. And uh, we'll talk about all of that as we get into the movie itself. The TV show. Well, yeah. The, the three-hour epic. No, it's not The Godfather. It's not 2001 A Space Odyssey. It's not Lawrence of Arabia. It's not Pat. And it's not a three-hour epic. Don't let fucking Tim Allen lie to you. Sorry. Like that. Stephen King's The Santa Clauses. Okay. No. Because <laughs> that's bro- broken up into two parts on film. <laughs> that's right. One uh, film that you get to see first, and you're like, this is great. And then the second one, you're like, meh, this wasn't wait- worth the wait. <laughs> yeah. All right, so before we get into the movie, let's talk about the beer that we have on the TV show today. Show. TV show. <laughs> Whatever. I, no. We no, don't cover yeah, TV yeah, shows very often, so I'm going to keep saying movie. You're right. You're right, because the only time we... The, and, the only ever time we've ever done a TV show was uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead, where we did the first couple of episodes for yep. season one, and uh, dropped that like it was hot. You <laughs> <laughs> don't normally do TV shows. It's harder. It's harder to do TV shows. It's a lot more preparation. Well, would you want to be like a Walking Dead podcast? No. I know that. I know a lot of uh, podcasts that are do TV shows. They do it weekly, you know, during the season, and you know. Once the new episode airs, they drop a new episode. But yeah, well, we could have done that with the Santa Claus. Would have been, been hard. But you get twenty minute episodes. <laughs> I know, I know. That would have been a tough one. All right, let's talk about the beer before we get into this this TV show. As you finished your last sip on that, well, I shouldn't say sip, gulp, because you've been like <laughs> gulping them down, f- fucking chugging away like you're. Running back on a hot thir- on a hot day after you've been getting the ball all day, and you're on the sideline. That once the defense is finally, in, and you're like, "Coach, give me that Gatorade." Well, this time I went and I uh, went to the bigger beer store that we have in, in the area, and uh, they generally tend to get a little bit more of a selection than the, our you know our closest beer store. Um, so I was looking for this one in particular or one that was very, like very, um, Christmassy, you know, s- very situated in Christmas season. And the one that I found was from, uh, KCBC, which is uh, Kings County Brewers Collective. Uh, they're from, they're situated in Brooklyn, New York. And, uh, I don't know if we've ever had them on the show before. Have we? No, I didn't think so. I've had a, <laughs> I've had a couple of their beers, but I've this never actually first, had them uh, on the show. This is my first, uh. Kings County. Oh, okay. Well, I wanted to get this one because they they do this line of like sort of horror um, beers that uh, have cats in them or or yeah, cats most mostly cats. And um, I've had their their beer called Paws before, which is basically the Jaws uh, poster but with a cat. <laughs> and uh, I've had that one before. So I, I saw this one come out and I, I had to had to try to find it. Uh, it's called Here Comes Santa Claus and it's a double dry hopped IPA. Uh, and the the can is awesome. It just has you know it has a cartoonish Tales from the Crypt esque can uh, of a monstrous cat in a Santa suit terrorizing a dog by the fireplace in the Christmas tree. It's a great can, and the tie in was just something that I couldn't pass up. 
so I had to grab it. So what do you think about this double dry hopped IPA with Citra and Strata hops? It's delightful. It's juicy. Um, very easy drinking, uh, especially for the fact that it's double IPA at seven and a half percent. It's very juicy. Get you know grapefruit. So take a sip. You know your stand. You know, bog standard uh, Nipa notes. Uh, but it's, you know, really nice. It does have, like, a nice rosininess to it, which I like. I do like in beers. Um, not something you usually see in, uh, in Nipus. Typically, it's more of a West Coast-style uh, trait. Uh, very easy to drink. Very smooth. Very crisp. I like it a lot. It's I mean, it's kind of hard to quantify. Uh, just, and I feel, I feel like a dumbass right now because of it. But, I mean, we have, I think, hit the point on this podcast when it comes to a Nipa. When you're drinking a Nipa, uh, it's kind of characterizing it. I do think because it is a double dry hop, you do get a more, you know, that's what's lending to the rosin, you know, the more rosininess to it, the more pininess to it uh, that you wouldn't usually see in a typical Nipa. Uh, but it is, I like it a lot. It's really good. Really easy to drink. Uh, I would be interested in to try more of their stuff. The can, as you said, is delightful. It's like a modern take on uh, Tales from the Crypt uh, artwork, creep show. It's great. I like it a lot. Yeah, I would. I mean, I agree. I think what you said pretty much goes for me. Um, you know, the double dry hopped lends a nice pininess to this. Um, this it's kind of a kind of a um simple hop style to it too you know we only got two hops here um it's not like it's over overbearing or anything like that with the multitudes of hop varieties here um i think it tastes really smooth very juicy um there is a little bit of coconutness to it at the uh the tail end which kind of lends like a little bit more of like a bitterness to it and i like that i you know i'm not normally a fan of coconut but just picking up that little subtle hint of it. I think it works really well. Like you said, um, this is, you know, kind of a standard Nipa from all uh, various angles. But at the same time, it's a really solid one. I think KCBC makes pretty good um, IPAs. It's probably the second or third that I've had from them. And uh, it's come to the point where, like, I do look for them uh, as a as a style of um, as a brewer that I like. And I think the, the labels on the cans really do lend themselves to that. That really makes them stand out. But then after that, like you try the beer, very solid beer too. So, um, as a, as a, uh, holiday beer, I would recommend checking out here comes Santa Claus. And, uh, if you can find it too, the jingle zombie apocalypse sounds really good. Haven't had that one. That's a fruited sour. Like a milkshakey f- sour, looks really good. So try to find that one too if you're looking for KCBC. Um, so yeah, check out here comes Santa Claus. All right, as I finish up my first one. Ooh, excuse you, got the got the hoppy gas. 
as they say, and claws is like claws like a kitty cat. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. no C L A U S. No way. Kitty, kitty wants some candy. It's the second claws type pun that we have on the show. Then it. Um. All right. And oh, and just to preface too, probably should have prefaced at the the opening of the show, but Martin has a cold too, so you so, might be hearing him do some s- gross snottiness and sniffling yeah. and stuff, coughing. Um. That's my why. left my left nostril right now is very tickly. Don't leave a bad review because of it. Okay. It's just just a cold, guys. It's something. It's not COVID. Test it twice for it. <laughs> it's something though. You you is, co- is it. Is it a chest cold? Is it RSV? Is it bronchitis? Is it sinus? Who the hell knows? I don't know. You caught the love bug. Somebody no. shared it. I didn't get polio. I got polio. Uh, mono. <laughs> but anyway, I uh, just wanted to point that out. So if that ever that bothers you, it's a little sickness going on. Uh, anyway, the Santa Clauses, the TV miniseries. Is that better? You better. All right. Okay. Good. Uh, so just so we got that in, in order. All right. So the Santa Claus is, is a six episode miniseries. Disney Plus released them uh, weekly. I think they started in like the middle of November. Probably I, I think either right around Thanksgiving or maybe just after Thanksgiving. And it just ended, I want to say like a week ago. I think it ended last week. And that's why we waited until this week to do it because we needed to have that last episode in or else that would have been kind of a disaster to only do five out of six episodes. But, um, so six episodes, 30 minutes a piece that rounds out to be about three hours, give or take. Uh, A lot of times the Disney plus shows have like six minutes of credits. So I think it might be a little (laughs) bit, a little bit shorter. It's it's true. They go through tons of credits and then they have like, you know, cause they, they offer lots of different languages. So at the end they've got to go through like all the credits for different language, a dubbing and stuff like that. So, um, probably somewhere little bit less than three hours um and you would know because you marathoned it today yeah i did i watched all six episodes in a row you just blasted right through it yeah i watched it i tried to partition my time a little bit better and i watched it over the span of two days i watched three episodes one day like a movie and then three episodes the next day like a movie um you know, it was pretty. It was a pretty easy watch overall. Yeah, it wasn't taxing, but yeah. I mean, it wasn't like I was having the greatest time watching it. But <laughs> I, but but it, I didn't. I that is something that is nice about the TV format, mm-hmm. or things that are designed for streaming. You know, they're designed to be. You know, this is how flow you in. Me- yeah, you know, today's media is like they dump it, and when they do, like when like Netflix is The Witcher, which I still haven't seen. Like hits hits. It's like designed so you can sit and binge watch it. Like you know, so like it may not be the most like interesting throughout, but it'll like keep you hooked and interested enough to like. Yeah, I don't feel like getting off my ass today. I'm just gonna <laughs> sit and watch it. You know. I guess I'll just watch some more. You know where you know, you had like back in the day, like your traditional style, like TV, like The Sopranos, like one episode may be really good, and the next one's like, why am I fucking watching this? <laughs> you know, there's an episode but that the, comes up, and you're like, well, that'll do me for now. Yeah, and then, <laughs> let me put this away for. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, so I mean, like, yeah, you know, I like, like you said, it, and also because each episode, you said each episode has like six minutes of credits total. 
you know, it was thir- at 36 minutes cut right off, you know, right from the get-go. So, I mean, it was only like two and a half hours. So Probably. Just, you know, yeah. It, like, it wasn't awful. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. great, but it wasn't awful. I mean, I think what I want to first start out by saying is, and we've, you know, we, we did all three of the movies um, over the course of three Christmases. I am a huge fan of the original Santa Claus. I think it's a really good movie. I think it's one of the best Christmas movies. I agree. Um, I think I think we both agree. Yeah. I mean, you can't really get much better. I think that the idea itself is pretty ingenious. Um, Tim Allen is always great. You know, as it, you can go back and listen to the episode and see what we say about it in in, in depth. But I'm really a big fan of that. I th- like even thinking back to the ideas as I watched um, the original Santa Claus just a couple of weeks ago. I was still amazed at like the ideas behind it, the stuff that you really don't even uh, notice going on. Uh, my wife pointed out yeah, to me that yeah, if you... I was say the, sh- the shitty advertisement for Denny's. <laughs> yeah. My wife pointed <laughs> out to me, though, that if you watch in the background, there's elves, um, like, you know, kids dressed as elves, and they're in the backgrounds of a lot of the scenes, which I, I've seen that movie literally probably like 50 times. Never noticed that there were elves in the background of the movie. Well, you weren't watching it in 4K. I guess not. I guess not. And so just like going back to that, it makes me realize that like kids really had it good in the 90s because they had the good shit from Disney. The shit that wasn't diluted to all, you know, fuck all. Because the Santa Claus is a good kids movie, but it's also a very good adult movie. And we don't really get that so much anymore with Disney movies like that. You know, movies made for kids by Disney now have been extremely Disney-fied. They have taken out all of the, um, like, what even could be considered crassness. Um, And they have removed all of that. And there's really, like, maybe a semblance of that to be found. And the sanitization has made a lot of the movies that Disney has created of late... Um, and I'm looking at you, Hocus Pocus 2, you fucking horrible, awful <laughs> sequel. I'm looking at you. Still haven't seen it. They have sanitized it so much that it makes has made it like unfun at this point to go back and just watch. It's almost like watching a Disney Channel movie, you know, but it's made for the big screen. So oh, it's got watching, a bigger budget. You're watching uh, Smart House or yeah. Luck of the Irish. Yeah, Luck of the Irish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and that's how I've been feeling lately. And I think, I think you're just becoming like Tim Allen. You're just a bitter old man. Maybe mad that time's passed you. Maybe. All right. Listen, no, I agree because I I think thinking back now, like if you're a parent, like, and you got to sit through some fucking film that's meant for your kids, you want them to, you know, to kind of cater to you too, to keep you kind of interested. You want to be interested. Yeah. I don't want to just sit there and be like, this is a fucking (sighs) tedious affair. You know, like nostalgia is not enough. You got to like, you know, and you know, I think you're right. I think back, you know, the nineties and eighties and so on, they, you know, were more accommodating to, you know, keeping like both parties in mind. That's why I like something like a cartoon, like SpongeBob for the first couple of seasons worked so well because, you know, it's got, kid-friendly humor and, you know, adult jokes riddled throughout. It's something for everyone, Mm -hmm. you know. I I just think back to, like, for me, like, I never really watched, but I know your sister with, like, the mid-2000s Disney shit, like Hannah Montana and Sweet Life and all that shit, how anyone, like, older than 14 could ever tolerate any of that nonsense because it's so fucking stupid. Mm -hmm. High school musical. 
Like it's it's like literally just meant for like you know tweens and that's it. You know. Agreed. And I think where so what I was go, where I was going with that is yeah. that you know with with the Santa Claus one we didn't have that sanitization. With two we get it a little bit and it's like you know it still has some of the comedy. You know there's still that's one of the greatest scenes in that is fucking Molly Shannon with her Shania Twain christmas song but uh, you know it's it does have a, a few great i almost forgot about yeah. that it does have a, a few good moments to it uh you know but uh it is still lacking <laughs> it's still lacking the flavor of the first movie and then you get three which i fucking hate three i i hate three so much well you shouldn't because it's got martin short in it so no i know awesome. but i i really that's dislike awesome. three and uh, I think that's where it kind of went off the rails, and it got really goofy, and it got really kitty, and um, it it lost some of the adult magic that the original Santa Claus had. Now, all that to say, with the Santa Clauses, I think that they've um, struck a good balance between the two. You know, there's still some of that kidness to it, the kid friendliness. Um, They've done a really good job of doing callbacks to the all three of the movies. This is like almost like setting up like a fucking Santa Claus SCU, right? <laughs> Santa Claus universe. They've done a the pretty Yule good verse. job. Yeah, the Yuleverse, but they've done a pretty good job of doing <laughs> callbacks to the original three movies. And they didn't even just, you know, it's not just like they just wanted to skip the two and three and go right back to one. They've done good callbacks to all three of the movies. And I think that's pretty impressive considering, I, at least in my personal opinion, I don't think that many people like Santa Claus 3. So to think that the writers went back and they were like, let's sit through Santa Claus 3 again and see what the fuck we can get out of this one. And then stuck it into Santa Clauses, I think is pretty impressive. I think they did yeah, a good I, job with that. I do like the opening where uh, we get to see them, you know, Santa on his sleigh with uh, Noel. Mm-hmm. That drives me nuts. Should be Noel, but you know, Noel, Noel. Noel. Uh, you but, know, I'm like, oh, we're gonna stop at this house, but they're not on the list. And like, no, no, no. I this house should be on the list. And Santa goes down, and it's 28 years later, and there's 32 year old Sarah <laughs> with a bottle of yellow tail and passed out on her parents' couch and. Santa breaks in, and she's like, what the fuck are you doing here? And he's like, I'm Santa Claus, don't you remember me? And he tells, like, you know, we get the flashback from the first film, and she's like, I'm 32, I live with my parents, I'm unsuccessful, and I'm stressed out, leave me alone. It's like, it's like, oh, poor Sarah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess it makes sense, because, like, the idea in the Santa Clauses is, is that the world has changed so much between those 28 years. And I definitely, th- I think that's a good idea to, to pursue. Things but, are- they're different, yes. But Santa's a fucking dumbass. You mean all this time in the North Pole, he doesn't know that the internet and all this, like, Amazon's, like, taken over the world in the past, like, 10 years? Like, ah, oh, Christmas spirit's just not a thing anymore. Like, like you have magic. You can't fucking tell what's going on in the world. You're a shitty Santa. Well, yeah, it seems like he's pretty aloof. I mean, at one point he does say that he's going to go out and purchase some VHS tapes and a nice VCR. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so it is funny. It's like, yeah, the North Pill doesn't get any news. And the fucking guy comes out at least once a year. You know, at least once he's a year. Like, he's like, he goes, he's like I'm going to go to Circuit City and buy a VCR. <laughs> go ahead and go to Blockbuster. We're going to rent some... You know, some VHSs and 
the wife's just cringing at such him. A, like, he's <laughs> such an old, yeah, I mean, when, when did Santa Claus 2 release? That might have even been outdated at that time. Yeah, it uh, would have been. It would have yeah. been early 2000s. DVDs, yeah, I mean, yeah. I love it, though. Like, I, I, I do like the idea that the film is, is, um, is almost like treating the Santa Claus as a franchise, like an old man boomer. It's like, you old Tim, man, what, what do you what think? Is, what is Tim Allen but a boomer? <laughs> exactly. That's kind of the funny thing about it because they're bringing Tim Allen back. And I know that some uh, websites and stuff had made had poked fun at the Tim Allen reference in this movie that it's not okay to say Merry Christmas to all anymore. Um, but I think it's funny because it is almost like referencing Tim Allen being an old guy. There's the Santa Claus is a boomer mentality. Has no idea what the fuck's going on in the world. And the world has changed so much that he doesn't understand it. And so instead of trying to understand it, what does he do? He retires to fucking Chicago. He's like, you know what? Well, he would have <laughs> went to Florida, but his son's already down. Exactly. There, so yeah, he's like, yeah. which that part's funny too. And he goes down there, he's dressed like fucking, like he's a Richard Attenborough. And his son's like, <laughs> yeah. what are you, ready for Jurassic Park? <laughs> yeah, no, I know. It's, yeah, he's got. <laughs> He's got his suspender outfit on and stuff. It is his sun hat. <laughs> it's funny because Channel 5 just did a, a video on going down to Key West for Hemingway days for the Ernest Hemingway mm-hmm. uh, contest, lookalike contest. Yep. He would have been right in there. <laughs> right yeah. in there. But, I mean, but yeah, I mean, like, I don't, I like it's, I mean, it's, it's just funny. Like, like, I mean, like, it's just funny to think about, because it's like, you've been up at the North Pole all this time, and, like, you've just been, like, oblivious to what's going on in the world. How the hell can you, sir, feel, the, like, that you're catering to people's, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's a good that's a good point. Like, Santa knows what everybody wants, and so you would think that after uh, over the span of a couple of years where everybody's needs and wants start shifting, and some people's wants are like, oh, what do I want? Oh, I've already got that. Mm, I've already got that. Mm, what do I want? I really mm. want Lisa Ann's flashlight. <laughs> You'd think like over time, Santa would be like, what's going on? Why are, why are everybody's or why are most people's needs fulfilled except for, you know, the, the those poor uh, homeless people? But we're not going to do anything about those those guys, you know. Well, but, they, they're elves. They build toys and yeah. homes, Ryan. Come on! Well, yeah, like he's very aloof, and and it's funny because like this change has not happened overnight. Even though sometimes it might seem like it has, you know, it's it's been over time. But I, I like the idea. I like the idea of the, you know, that they've kind of branched out in a different way and said, you know what, maybe maybe his Santa Claus outdated. Does he not understand what is happening in the world? And then so they bring in Cal Penn as a character, and Cal Penn is like this, you know. Bezos wannabe who's like insufferable asshole <laughs> yeah he, he plays this guy who's basically trying to develop a company that's going to do pretty much what Amazon is really trying to do right now which is have in, almost instant delivery like fly a drone to your fucking house have that drone drop it off give you a nice uh, tug job and be on its way I you can't know? tell if though if it's supposed to be taking the piss out of it or if it's supposed to be fu- serious too though at sometimes. What do you mean? Like, if it's supposed to be mocking Amazon's ideas? Like, it's of- mocking. I think mocking, but at the same time, like, you know, most people are like, no, I fucking, you know, that's great. I'm like one of like, the few people on this godforsaken planet that's not an Amazon Prime member. I would agree that I would like to have things, you know, post haste, just get it to me, and that'd be great. But I, I mean, I, like, 
what the ultimate reality of what happens is, you know, basically Santa Claus wants to retire. Tim Allen wants to get the fuck out of here. His family wants to get out of here. He's, he realizes he's raising some weird kids. His wife's being um, basically like segmented into a particular, um, you know, cliche, Mrs. Claus cliche that she's, you know, <laughs> frumpy old lady with a rolling pin, which I love that the the show keeps going back to this this idea that Mrs. Claus is like this frumpy old lady who has no agency. And at one point, uh, Tim Allen points it out to her and she's like, everybody's kind of upset right now. You know, your mom, she thinks she's useless. <laughs> and she goes, underappreciated. <laughs> it's pretty hilarious. But I like this idea that, you know, Mrs. The, the whole thing about Mrs. Claus too being, you know, kind of boxed into a corner. And, you know, that's all anybody recognizes about her. But uh, the show keeps bringing this up and they end up, you know, it ends up Tim Allen's going to retire and use this one additional clause that they have, which is called the successes clause to get out of Santa. I will say, though, the whole like Mrs. Claus thing, like it's funny as a bit, but like as an idea, it's dumb because like I'm just Mrs. Claus. Who else is Mrs. Claus? There's, There's no recognition. It's just Santa Claus. And then. She goes back to society, like, I'm back to being a principal. And then she's like, I'll go back to being Mrs. Claus. Who gives a shit? You know? Well, she's got to save Christmas. If you can't, you got to oh. save Christmas. You're going oh. back. Oh, okay. Going back to the kitchen. Okay. Not only that, but she's oh, she's the only Mrs. Claus ever, you know, because they make so, that point, too, later on when they discover the Yule verse and they're like, there's only white Santa Clauses in there? <laughs> I'm like, yep. <laughs> Pretty much. And a goat. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean... But I like, like I said, I like this idea um, that he's going to retire. He's trying to find someone else. He finds Cal Penn. Cal Penn. We get, on, like I said, we get, dick, we get dick jokes too. Like, oh, my magic's not working anymore. Yeah. Like, what's, like, like you know, so, like, where's, like, the like, Viagra? It's never happened before. Like, oh. where's the Viagra, like, uh, commercial? I know. Like, elves being like, Santa, take your magic Viagra and you're, you know. Elizabeth Mitchell's like, oh, it, it happens sometimes. It's okay. It's okay. It makes sense. That's why she's so mad. Santa can't get it up, and she's like, God damn She's it. feeling, back. she's like, quote, back to the unquote, underappreciated. She's back to the rolling pin. <laughs> yeah, that's right. She's like, <laughs> she's like, these people don't understand. Yes, I have rolling pin. No, it's not used for cookies. Okay? <laughs> it's, it's used, used for, used for tossing other things. It's used for this cookie. Yeah. <laughs> poor, poor Mrs. Claus. Or she's like, you know, stuffing elves up there. Who knows? <laughs> they are in fact older than her so <laughs> just like Tim Allen is. <laughs> yeah just like Tim Allen is I mean I guess there's a lot of there's you know there's a lot to talk about in the Santa Clauses but the, the main idea is you know that Cal Penn comes in he's an ass he, he, on paper he looks good right he looks like he wants to save Christmas he wants to do the world a good service by providing them everything that they want all at any time they want it, and that's his whole company <clears throat> shtick. is It's called everything now. Literally, if you want it, they'll provide it to you. See, I I took that though as like um like yeah, it's like a shot of Bezos, but I mean like that's like capitalism and it's like purest form. Like oh, we're just doing it so everyone can, you know everyone can get what they want now for money, money, you right, know right. Well, yeah, and, and that's that's the thing that, um, like, I, the the show doesn't really go into it in too much depth, but 
I think that the it really wants you to think Cal Penn's character is really not thinking about it in terms of like people having money. He just wants them to have the things that they want and or need. Well, but no, it, we get to see that though when he's like, "Well, they're not an everything now member. If they got, if they were, and, they would right." Be. And it kind of morphs him into being that that person. Like originally, the idea was like, "Wouldn't it be just great if everybody could have what they wanted?" And then yeah, later but, on, you know, he but no, like, into but that. no, but again, like no entrepreneur, like Jeff Bezos wasn't like, "I'm gonna sell books from my garage, and that way people can get it, and I can serve the world." No, he was thinking about making money. Nobody's like at the like you know goes into a business. For the sake of, like, benevolent ideas. If they were, they'd make them into co-ops afterwards, where everyone got to share into it. So, like, if he has this benevolent idea of, like, oh, I want everyone to be able to get everything now, it's because he wants to make money. Well, that's true. And, you know, and later on, they do, he does mention things like, uh, the people, the elves don't know what a union is, and he's like, fantastic. I know, oh, I know, that's... That, <laughs> Like wow, like I like again, like that's a line like, which is funny though. I mean, like it's it's, it's I mean it seems innocuous, but it's funny to think about because Tim Allen is from like fucking Michigan, so he's from like you know automotive, you know Union Central. So to think like this guy's like oh man, well if you guys had a union, they're like what's a union? And he's like this place is fucking great, like you know. I know. It's like that long last like you know bastion of conservative thought of like yeah I'm. I hate the gays, but uh, go, you know, go labor. <laughs> I know. It's like, I mean, but I, I like the idea. But what I did want to point out about this character is that it is effectively the same idea as the other Santa Claus movies two and three, where um, someone steps in to try to circumvent what's happening in, you know, the North Pole, damage Christmas in some way. And it kind of smacks to me of like reiterating the same ideas. But at the same time, I do think it's like, you know, it's it's updated for this new era. And I think they do a pretty good job with the Calpen elements to it. And I did like later on how, you know, it kind of comes back to him recognizing like, well, I've kind of been a shit, you know. And then there's the comeuppance. Yeah, to me, I mean, I find Calpen to be fucking insufferable and... (laughs) His part stupid. It's this bloated, overwinded, self-aggrandizing message that the film can't even be honest about. TV not show. only that, and not only that, the first film, this original Santa Claus, is a much better portrait of showing corporate, you know, greed and just the fact that they have fucking Santa and a Panzer, and that's like the whole like shtick. No, it is true. It, it is true. And I, it's the, like just quick, it, easy, it, but thoughtful. This is like so on the nose. Like agreed. And Cal Penn, so such an insufferable douchebag. <laughs> See, I, 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 I don't get that too much. I don't really think I don't dislike Cal Penn. I do. I don't dislike him. I just think he's an insufferable douchebag in this. Like I do agree with you though that it's very on the nose and like probably from episode two you're already thinking like well they're gonna give it to cal penn he's gonna fuck this shit up and uh it's gonna be up to santa claus to save it and you know i i feel if one if you're saying gonna say one bad thing about the santa claus it is very predictable and i do think it does reiterate too many ideas that has been done in the previous um movies and it maybe not not as well 
not just the previous movies, just every Tim Allen film. The part true. where Tim Allen Tim Allen goes, I realize what the meaning is. Well, you know, that's like, every Christmas movie ever. No, 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 no. But like in Jungle the Jungle, like I realize I've been a shitty father the whole time, and I gotta go back to the jungle and get my son Tuka Tuka back, and you know whatever the fuck. <laughs> True, you know, in Jungle the Jungle, or you know, it's all it's all the same shit. Like it's yeah. I got every Tim Allen project ever has the same beats of a Tim Allen project, and this is like no different. Yeah, <laughs> I I agree. I think things are done a little, you know, they're familiar. And like the other thing that's really familiar is um with the um uh what what was it what is it what's I gonna say the um. So the the familiarity is is oh it was the uh, the um, soldiers the the toy soldiers that they bring back and that's supposed to be like a callback oh, yeah the nutcrackers it's supposed to be like a callback but it, to me it feels too much like we're just reiterating things that happened in the previous movie you know um I I felt like maybe they relied on that just a little bit too much to do you know the some of the heavy lifting and maybe maybe. Instead of six episodes, this could probably have been four episodes just fine, you know? And like you said, if you cut out some of the corporate bullshit of the movie that, you know, doesn't do it that well, um, it could really have been cut down a bit to be, you know, truncated four episodes. But, you know, Disney going to Disney. They want to get their their weekly quota in. They want to get six episodes out of this show. So Disney was truly good. Disney, John Favreau would be here. Well, why would they have John Fat? Well, Disney doesn't. Disney didn't do Elf though. So you're thinking John of Favreau is important to the Marvel universe. True, he is important to the Marvel universe. He is. I don't know if you've seen that meme where it was, yeah, it was where he was in the scene with Scarlett Johansson. And she's got him by, like, a headlock. And the meme is just like, yes, Scarlet, this is going to be very important for the the rest of the movie. Just put me in a fucking headlock. <laughs> and it's <laughs> him in a headlock. This is pretty funny. But, um, yeah, I mean, with the Santa... So, the one, one thing that I liked about the Santa Claus quite a bit is that it went back to original characters. Like, we get Charlie... And then we get Bernard, who shows up in, uh, what is it, the fifth episode? Is that yes, the Yuleverse? Yeah. Yes. The fifth episode. And they kind of, like, leave that open. Um, and at the end of the fourth episode, they're like, oh, should we contact him? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh, Santa Claus? You're, no. Because you're thinking. No, him. Because you're thinking, well, where the fuck's Bernard been throughout all this? Right. Exactly. And actually, the, you know, they did drop the hint. It's like, is Bernard coming back for the Santa Clauses? And Disney said, Yes. Well, no. They that was like the forefront of the advertisement for this. They showed you know him back and like yeah. so everyone's like, oh my god. So, so you're sitting through Rastafarian uh, Elf. <laughs> you're sitting <laughs> sitting through two hours of uh, the Santa Claus, and you're like, where the fuck is Bernard? <laughs> and I don't really know where this love of Bernard has come from. It's been thirsty people later on, you know, in the TikTok era who are like, Bernard, I love Bernard. I mean, I've always liked Bernard in, in the Santa Clauses because he has that, you know, very um, curt be- behavior and attitude that he has in the original Santa Claus. Um, but I don't know where the love has come from. But regardless, I think it's great that they brought David Crumholtz back for this. And uh, 
they do a pretty cool Yuleverse sort of thing where it, it you know, it kind of um, jumps into Marvel territory where they go through like space time to talk about how the various Santa Clauses have done their jobs and, you know, they even meet St. Nicholas at one point. And eventually he finds out that the whole Santa Claus shtick has been created for him as a human because the rest of the Santa Clauses were not humans. So they had to figure out a way to guide a human <clears throat> to do the how, Santa Claus work. You, you forgot how Krampus is now part of the story of Santa Claus. Krampus I know. I think that's actually. pretty interesting, too, that Krampus gets into the Yuleverse. But La Bafana, who is the, you know, the Italian witch of Christmas... Is just like on the outskirts, living in this little cabin, and like mm, you're relegated to over here. You're not in the you know, fucking Yuleverse. See, you know that would have been a perfect. Co- that would have been a perfect callback to the first one, where it's like Saint Nicholas, Popo Gijo. You know, just like <laughs> Popo Gijo. Just, just go down a list of like all the names. Like, who are you, S- Scott Calvin? No, Santa Claus. Scott Calvin, Saint Nick, Scott Calvin, Pierre Noel, Scott Calvin. Oh, just go down the list of like all the- <laughs> yeah i mean i like this yuleverse concept i think that's pretty cool you know to 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 uh visit all of the saint nicholas you know santa claus figures through time and i like the idea of um having him meet all of these people i don't know so much about the whole idea behind santa claus not being human until this point that to me, they kind of lost me on because I don't really like. I don't really care so much, I guess, about like whether Santa Claus is human or not. What did you think about that? Like, what did you think about the whole idea that like this other Santa Clauses have just been like <clears throat> ethereal beings, but they're not like a human like Scott Calvin is, and he's the first human to actually take on the the persona. Uh, that didn't bother me as much as the whole retconning into Santa falling off the fucking roof is was preordained by him. <laughs> so you think I fell off a roof? And then Just because by Santa, yelling at me? And because uh, earlier in the first episode, Tim Allen falls off the roof. He's like, ha, <laughs> ha, you know. Yeah, no one would fall off a roof. You know, that, that upset me more because it was like, <laughs> you mean to tell me all throughout this is all, like we're living some Calvinist nightmare. This has all just been preordained bullshit. Like, I... You know, new in 1974 when you told, told you know, said you wanted rosary for the, the nun and an eight-track player for your grandmother and, a, you know, bread box for your mother that, you know, you were going to be Christmas. Which makes no sense, too, because he hates Christmas in the first film. So why, how did we get there? That's more, that's the more interesting story. How did Scott Callum become a Grinch? Over the years. Was it just working in corporate America? Probably. Yeah, the film, you know, this this TV show does not really recognize the Scott Calvin from the Santa Claus, like what came before, because we no, know the Scott Calvin. Lost. Yeah, that's that Scott Calvin. It's kind of an asshole. Not kind of. Was an asshole. <laughs> he was a poor father figure. And this show does not really take that into consideration at all. It basically acts like Scott Calvin was always sort of like a Santa Claus type figure. And then they gave him the position because they thought that would be the best, you know, 
you know, best Santa Claus that would be available. And I don't really, you know, it doesn't, the show doesn't get into why that is. Like, why were they like, yes, Scott Calvin, you know, there's all these wonderful giving figures in history. But no, Scott Calvin is the one that we need to give this, you know, Santa Claus position to. The other thing, too, that I think is interesting is that afterwards, like, why did they have to spring certain things on him with the clauses at inopportune moments? Like, later on, after he's already had the position, they're like, no, you need to get married, like, in six weeks. Like, just do it. You know, like, why Why didn't they just tell him at the beginning? Like, uh, you're going to be Santa Claus. There's an expectation that you're going to marry well, a Mrs. Claus. There's There's a reason. Bernard was a shitty first elf. True. Uh, Betty is much better. That is true. But Bernard was probably distracted by Vanessa Redgrave. I don't they, know which why. they loop I in here for some I reason. I don't know why they took a shot at poor Vanessa Redgrave. <laughs> you know, they have a picture like... of her. And, you know, Tim Allen points out, he's like, this Vanessa Redgrave, she's like 79 years old. And no, like 83. 83 she's like, yeah. And uh, in, Bernard's like, yeah, she's uh, several uh, hundred years younger than me, but we make it work. I will say, speaking of Betty, she's the best part in this. Uh, Matilda Lawler, the mm-hmm. best part in this whole uh, miniseries. She does a great job. She is phenomenal. Does a really good job as Betty, the stern, you know, uh, straight lady, uh, straight girl, elf, you know, deadpan. She's great. I love her. She's like literally the best part. Noel, the poor guy that's playing him. Uh, <laughs> Honey know, bunches. I should say, I should say, poor boy. He's not bad, but I mean, like you know, it's that steer. You know, like uh, uh, crybaby that gets annoying after. Yeah, a while. I think that's the nature of the character. I wouldn't really blame the guy. You know, the no, the- no, I'm not blaming him. I just, I you know, at times it was kind of grating. But- mm-hmm. No, I, I think you're right. You know, I think that uh, Betty is a really fun element to this show um, because, you know, they have a lot of fun with the fact that, like, hey, you know, it looks like she's a kid, but she's really, you know, 2,000 yeah. years old and stuff like that. But it, but they she makes it work you know, as an as a actress. She really makes it work. She did a really good job. Um, and, you know, too, I did – I think – even though the kids are kind of stupid, and that's from the writing standpoint, the kid, they you know, they D- intentionally Disney's stupid. Yeah, they intentionally make them super ditzy, super stupid. I did have a fondness for you know, like the way that they kind of wrote them into be like so such naive kids because they've never been outside of the North Pole, so they're just used to like hot cocoa every day. And I just love the <laughs> my braces are made of sugar. <laughs> like it's like. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. And Tim but, Allen's like, well, that's a bad idea because... Well, like, yeah, he's like, he's not really an orthodontist. <laughs> he's he's just called Dr. Veneer. <laughs> but, I mean, like, yeah. No, but, I mean, it's funny, but it also shows how stupid these two two are. Oh, you mean to tell me raising two kids up in the fucking North Pole? This isn't a good idea? No, I know, fucking, yeah. Like, like you fucking morons. Like, what do you, they literally have not had any interaction with you're normal like, people. You're like, oh, outside. my daughter's talking to squirrels. You're a fucking moron. And it's like, no. Yeah. It's my daughter's talking to, to squirrels and this weird uh, creature that lives in her the the <clears throat> you know her room that only comes out to eat people at night. 
Yeah, the ferret or whatever the fuck. <laughs> whatever it's that like, thing it's is. Like the, it's like the fucking Pabu from uh, Korra. <laughs> what did you think about the uh, the elf who plays uh, Gary, like the security guard? He's basically like the snake Pliskin of uh, the Santa Clauses with his eye patch and gravity. It's, 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 it's like the modern day iCarly Gibby for children. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it definitely like seeps into like the cheesiness that I think was part of like Santa Claus two and three, but at the same time, it's a, it's a great callback yeah. to see else back, but it's sad at the same time to see that they went from, you know, where else and attitude and yeah, ZZ top playing like, Gibby, oh, you're loving, well, you know, as they're walking down to like, uh, the one fat, he's basically the fat cop that they tie up in the first one. Like, you know, right. mix with Snake Pliskin. Like, uh, they're all gone. And I'm sitting here instead of drinking my uh, J&B whiskey, I'm drinking maple syrup. <laughs> I, I, I like it. I mean, I think, again, there is a nuance here that they didn't go as <coughs> as ridiculous as they normally did in the Santa Claus 2 and 3. They've kind of like cut, pared it back just a little bit. You know, it still has that, still has that childishness to it. But it's a lot more endearing in this one. Here's the thing, though. You know how we were talking about how, like, you want to make a film that's, like, endearing to the parent and the child? Mm-hmm. You're the child watching this film, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Right? Hold on. You're the child, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of these references in this film aren't even for parents. They're for the fucking grandparents. That's true. Like, how many millennials are going to get the Snake Plissken reference? Yeah. You know, unless, like, you're... Kurt Russell fans like we we are you know or you know the, like half the pop songs they threw in here Wham's Last Christmas and the Sto- you know Stones you can't always get what you want and all this other it's like for for your grandma like grandparents and grandchildren to watch not parent and child right yeah I mean I guess like I can see I probably Wham like they're gonna get that but yeah you're right there are some dated references like. Even the the Shania Twain shirt is more like for, <laughs> you know, the people who either watched the Santa Claus 2 when it came out because they're going to be of that age. Which, but, which, by the way, how many people are going to get even remember that reference? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a good callback. I, I, I like it. You know, cause no, it's, no, I, I do too. But I'm just saying, how many people are like, oh, yeah. Well, you know what I remember the most from uh, Santa Claus 2? Shania Twain. People well-versed in the Santa Claus lore. It's got a the franchise has a whole lore to it now, and to to be fair, the Santa Clauses is already renewed for season two. It's coming back. Is it really? Oh yeah. Oh, like the Cindy Lauper reference too when they're playing <laughs> elves, just like want to have fun or whatever. That's like forty years out of date. I think that they like they've kind of done a good job with everything because you got to remember too, you know, the Santa Claus released in what nineteen ninety four. So there isn't even, you know, at 1994, I was only five years old. There's an even earlier generation, probably born in the the early 80s, who your zen your zenials, yeah, who also remember the Santa Clauses, the Santa Claus pretty fondly, who may tune in for for the Santa Clauses. So there's a, it's you know they're right. 29 years is a long time. Um. That's and how long there's, Mrs. Claus had her hair up before she let it down and let them wabbles out. <laughs> she let them free. That wasn't the uh, that wasn't her hair clip that went flying through. It was a button on the top of her her blouse. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> and it, it is a metaphor because after like she lets her hair down, like literally after she lets her hair down, her pajama tops, like it's most elongated V neck ever, and she's just like, oh, they're free. I know. Um, what else? It's hard. There's six episodes to go go through, so it's it's uh hard to keep them in track. Uh, when you're talking about it in total but uh, what you, so so what did you think of Santa Claus's job interviewing process <laughs> I did like it was pretty funny with with uh Calpen when he's in there Calpen he's like what so why should I hire you and Calpen's going through and he's like um well uh he's like you haven't done many interviews have you <laughs> cuz he just keeps naming off things that he hasn't done well um not only like that they interview Peyton, they Manning, got Peyton before, Manning here which is great that was great Having Peyton in here, he was he was fucking hilarious, uh, but like he, he got fucking interviewing Peyton. You're like, yo, I got a career sixty five percent completion percent uh, percentage. We expect a hundred percent here. <laughs> yeah, he's and like, then like they're making like the whole like, oh, Tom Brady would have done this, and like if anything, like you should have had Eli because he, you know, his brother Eli show up because they both do the. Pay you know the the Manning cast on ESPN two for Monday Night Football, which ESPN is owned by Disney, so that would have been you know perfect to have Eli in there too. Like oh, you, like Eli pop up like oh, you're going for this too or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. But I thought Peyton was pretty funny. That whole like try saying it with me, ho ho ho. And he's like ho 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 ma ho ma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My my <laughs> wife did not understand that. She's like I don't, I don't get it. What what's that about? And it's, and it's like, oh, it's because, uh, you know, uh, a lot of times when he was calling an audible, he would say Omaha. So, you know. But yeah. I, 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 I did like, you know, Peyton's. His, his bit reminded me a lot of, like, Dan Marino and Little Nicky. Like, trying to, you know, like. <laughs> right, right. But, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, right. I think they, like, they did a good job. I was glad they didn't get Brady because Brady's constantly showing up and stuff like this. So it was, it was nice to see that they didn't go with Brady. He's too busy selling NFTs. That's true. I loved when they had like the little like celebration for Santa, and they break out the letters and like we love Santa, and they spell Satan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was really good. And he's like spelling, spelling. And the one else like ah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, no, but it was like it was funny because Scott acts particularly offended. And he's like, spellings! <laughs> he runs a tight ship there at the North Pole. <laughs> the set designs were really good, I must say. They looked like they had budget spent on them. You know, when uh, Cal Penn and his daughter are walking through uh, the North Pole for the first time, looked really good. Doesn't look like the shiny um, set design set in this you know like that you saw in like the santa claus two and three where it looks fake looks no it's like it's like the in between between the first one and the second yeah second and third one like it looks like nice and like but also it is kind of like cheapy and tvified but like not in a gaudy sense like the second and third film so yeah I, i thought the set design was pretty good um I had a good time laughing when they go back to, you know, being in Chicago, like they're in a John Hughes film, and Tim Allen's an asshole at Starbucks. 
Yeah, he's like, hey, uh, I'll take a mochaccino. But uh, actually, you know what? Hold the coffee. It'll just be it's like seven, hot chocolate. Se- 70 parts to it. And not only and that, but yeah, that's a nice Easter egg to the first uh, film as well, where he orders that everything for uh, his lunch at the uh, mm-hmm. conference that he's in. It's like, I'll take a uh, uh, salad, dressing oh, on the and, side, and oh, then, and a chocolate oh, cookie, so, and hot fudge sundae, and yeah. <laughs> it was a good callback to that, I thought. Like, like a lot of these things, you know, you can think of and... Maybe they're Easter eggs, maybe they're not, but whatever it is, I'm fine think, with it because I, I think they I did th- a good job with it. I think that I think that is because that's like the perfect like boomer thing, like that like you drag a boomer to like Starbucks, and like I don't know what the fuck to do, and it's like just, they call it the large event team. And it's like just <laughs> just say you want a fucking large, and they'll be like they'll you know no one's gonna be like sir, it's a vent day, you know. They don't get paid enough to give a shit, so that's true. Just, so they're I, too busy fighting for their union. Yeah, and don't, speaking of, don't don't go to Starbucks right now. Um, I did love the whole like when they're also when they're experiencing going back to being regular, and the son's like, "Wow, Memorial Day, picnics, bowl games, all oh, this is great. What are we celebrating?" And, <laughs> Tim Allen's just deadpan. He's like fallen soldiers. He's like, oh my god, why are we having a picnic? I know. <laughs> I know. It is great. They did the naive thing really well with that. Like, like that—that that, that is great. Now, I will say that props to Tim Allen on like that's good conservative humor right there. Like, <laughs> like, 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 yeah, it is kind of ridiculous when you think about it. People are like, oh, yeah, Memorial Day weekend. I can't wait. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to do this, this, and this. Have a picnic with the family and do this. And it's like, yeah, it's supposed to be a solemn day of remembrance for the people who have passed during wartime. Yeah, I must say, <laughs> I am surprised that Tim Allen was um, on board with this movie, or, sorry, this TV show as much as he was because – it does have a, you know, non-white Santa Claus for a little bit, <laughs> and uh, but what I will say is that no, he's he, no, he's never Santa. He never put the jacket. Yeah, he didn't on, put the so, jacket on. That's right. So he's he's got that the, corp, you know, corporate suit that he's wearing the entire time. The only thing I'll say is that Tim Allen is not a gigantic dickhead like James Woods is. From a conservative standpoint, he is conservative, but he has pretty he has spoken out about a lot of the the things that the conservative party has done recently, um, you know, like the January sixth insurrection and stuff like that. So he's not he's conservative. He's not a gigantic dickhead conservative. So we'll give him that. Give him that much. We can't we can't talk down about him like we do with James Woods. <laughs> it's not in the same camp. Um, and like his show last man standing, you know, for a, a good, I, I actually watched it for like the first couple seasons. And, um, I know it's later on and it's, it's run, it kind of got more conservative as it went along, but holy shit, 10 seasons. It yeah. Before? But like in the, in the uh, beginning seasons, it actually was more like a commentary. It was more like a, Hey, Tim Allen's a conservative guy, but his kids are liberal. And what do you, what, what happens when they clash? And it was more like a you know a so, dialogue so, between them instead of I like say, I was gonna say so like all in the family but not as funny. 
Yeah, it was kind of like that because it was kind of, you know, it was kind of like Tim Allen recognizing like, oh, there are things that as a conservative, I'm just not, you know, I'm just not understanding. And my kids showed me that because they're more liberal. And, you know, it kind of had that for going for a while. I didn't watch it later on in its, in its run, and I don't know if it got more conservative or what happened with it. But um, I can say that about Last Man Standing is that it, it definitely had something of a dialogue instead of just saying, like, liberal bad, you know. So, um, but I, like I said, I'm, I'm surprised that Tim Allen was, was okay with this, um, with the, the way, the, the storyline that this did and Santa Claus's, but I'm happy about it. So good for them. And he, he's coming back. So 69 years old, he's still going to be Santa Claus. Ho, ho, ho. Well. I was a little bit sad to see that he's he's looking more like an old man, you know, especially with outside the makeup. You know, he he he, he had, you know, he definitely well, you know, cuz it it kind of reminds me of my dad cuz my dad is very Tim Allen like it's in in a lot of respects. You know, he kind of looks like Tim Allen, he sounds like Tim Allen at times. Um so it's just, you know, kind of jarring to see Tim Allen looking so old, but your dad's still pretty youthful. No, I know, but it, but it, and it's kind of interesting too because, you know, movies are very timeless. So like, you go back and watch Santa Claus, and he's he's a young guy. Go back and watch Christmas of the Cranks. He's a middle aged. You know, he's well, he's probably more like fifty six, fifty seven. But you know, he's a he's a late middle aged guy. And then you see him now, and it's like, holy shit, that it's been that long since all of these movies released. Well, if it makes you feel any better, we're going to get a new Indiana Jones film with 80-year-old fucking Harrison Ford. That is true. That's true. God help us. Um, What else did we cover about the Santa Clauses? Anything that you can think of? Let me see for my notes that I sent to you. Yeah, I think I, think I got to everything that I really wanted to talk about. It's hard within a three-hour show to kind of go over everything that you you might have had what, uh what was that flip the sheep game supposed to be <laughs> i don't know <laughs> it's pretty funny though i like when that a girl riley says yeah it caused my parents divorce <laughs> <laughs> which does remind me a lot of uh family game night at the barber house <laughs> someone yelling it's Johnny jackson i can't remember if that was trivial pursuit or seen it that your dad uh, was a uh, trivial pursuit yeah. Yeah. We did that one year. We did that one year in the Martin household, and uh, for Christmas we thought well, that was going to be the new bonding activity. <laughs> the the game did, game night for Christmas. Yeah, we only did it one year. <laughs> it didn't work out very well, huh? <laughs> you guys were like, "This will not be a tradition." <laughs> Well, my family's full of idiots, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's it for for the Santa Claus. I th- I thought it, I, I think it was a really good um, experiment for them, you know, doing it as a, a TV show. I think it worked out really well for Disney Plus. You know, it kind of fits in with the stuff that they're doing um, of late. And Snow, I think it, Snow, Lauren, Lacey Chabert, uh, Hallmark film. It is not, but I think it it it. For me, it definitely bridged the gap between the original Santa Claus and the sequels. 
Uh, I would much rather have something like the Santa Clauses than, you know, watch another Santa Claus 2 or 3. And I am excited for season 2. And I didn't think I would say that. You know, I didn't think I would be that interested in this show. But this stupid fucking show actually had me pretty interested in it. (laughs) So... Uh, maybe that's the nostalgia or the the Christmas spirit talking for me, but I really enjoyed myself with the Santa Clauses, honestly. So I guess we got to rate it. So on a scale of zero to ten, Mrs. Claus bazoongas, what would you give the Santa Clauses? I know, which by the way, it's hard to be like, well, I am sick and tired of being low-level woman, and then being like, BAM! <laughs> but no, she is great. Elizabeth Mitchell is great. Um, I'll give it a 7. Like, it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. It's an easy watch. It's a pretty breezy watch. Um, it's got a lot of nice callbacks to the films. Especially if you remember the second and third film. Like, you're gonna have references galore. I think Tim Allen's great. Coming back. Um... Tim Allen's always been somebody that I've liked, you know, in TV and film. Uh, big Home Improvement fan. And Santa Claus is one of my favorite uh, Christmas films of all time. I think he does a great job reprising. Comes off as very natural and, you know, like he hadn't left the role. <laughs> um, though at 70, how much I can expect from that later on is to be seen. Because, uh, I, I mean, he is getting up there. Elizabeth Mitchell's great. You know, uh, she's, you know, got a lot of great lines. Uh, the kids are okay. Uh, I think mainly the standout with the kids is uh, Matilda Lawler as a Betty the Elf. She does a great job. Very uh, personable, very fun. Uh, as acting as the new uh, head elf. Uh, a lot of the callbacks are great. A lot of nostalgia tied up into this. You know, well thought out. Uh uh, callbacks. Um, I do think at times it's a little long of the tooth. Even, and I, this is coming from somebody who watched it in a block. I think it could have kind of been truncated a little bit. Uh, I think Cal Penn, I don't have anything against him, but I think his character is an irredeemable, insufferable piece of shit. I don't care that him and his daughter are going through Disney Syndrome where mom dies of random bullshit. He's an insufferable asshole. Uh, and no matter what Christmas spirit comes at the end, I don't think he's redeeming <laughs> at all. Uh, <laughs> but there's a lot of great little jokes throughout the film. A lot, you know, little, you know, little moments. It's the little things in this that are going to keep you kind of engaged and interested. Um, it's definitely better than the second and third film. It's nowhere near as good as the first film. But it is an enjoyable, fun watch. Uh, it's a nice little callback. Um, I can't say that I'm, you know, expecting a great sequel after this. But, I mean, I, I, I do think it was fun. It was a nice idea. I'd, I'd say 7 out of 10. It's definitely the second best thing in the franchise. Yeah, I would give this a seven and a half out of ten. I think it's a pretty fun little watch, you know, for six episodes. I think it, you know, pretty much flies by. You can binge it. You can watch it uh, weekly. You can um, 
kind of make it into two movies, whatever you want to do. I think it works pretty well. Um, it is a better uh, offering than the second two movies in the series, I think. Kind of, like I said, it kind of bridges the gap between the two. Um, so the Santa Claus is, was a lot more, um, you know, kid and adult friendly. Two and three were much more kid friendly. Um, and I think that this one kind of has a smattering of both. It has a lot of Easter eggs and callbacks, which I think is really great. The nostalgia factor is high here. Um, we get like a, almost like a Marvel-esque universe to this. It, it cements a Santa Claus lore. I love that. Um, ultimately, it does retcon a little bit, and I think that's okay. I, I'm fine with that. But, you know, if you're expecting it to be, like, very adhesive to the entire franchise, it's probably not going to make make that cut. Um, I like that we get Bernard and Charlie back for you know, even just an episode. I think that's, that's a cool little um, inclusion there. Must have given them lots of money to get them back. Good for you, Disney. Um, yeah, I think it's a really fun uh, fun show. And I am excited for season two. I want to know what they're going to do with this uh, next time. And again, I think this is there's, there's some form of comfort to this too, right? As a Santa Claus franchise, it's, it's comforting. It's one of my favorite Christmas movies. And to come back to it and have it be way better than I was expecting is a is a great surprise so i think that's why i enjoyed it so much and it was just a really fun time to spend just a few days before christmas so definitely check it out if you haven't seen it give disney your money all right so that ends our festivus series for christmas 2022 hope you enjoyed everything that we've done so far um are we going to do a New Year's movie? A New Year's show? You said you had one. I have one. I think we should do it. It's I've never seen it before. It uh, came up on my radar the other day, and I think it sounds interesting. It's a New Year's slasher, and it's not New Year's <coughs> Evil, so <laughs> it's something to do for New Year's. Um, oh, goody, goody, gumdrop. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to... I think it's going to sit right there in the uh, home sweet, uh, home style oh. of movie. But we'll see, you know? I don't know. I'm interested. It's called Ghost Keeper, and I've never seen it before, so I definitely want to check out this New Year's movie. So I think we should. So we'll we'll be back, um, what, in a week, right? Yeah. Yeah, we'll be back in a week. We'll have a New Year's episode. So um, hopefully you'll stay tuned for that as we do our... Very, we don't do New Year's movies that often, so it's not that many. So we hope you stick around for that. Come back and listen to our New Year's episode. Hope you enjoyed our coverage of the Santa Clauses, even though it was perhaps all over the place when we we're trying to cover six episodes. Um, if you did, you should like and subscribe and leave us a nice review on our podcast pages. We're on pretty much anything that you can think of. Um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, our home base at anchor.fm, Good Pods, whatever you listen to, we're probably on it. So subscribe and give us a review. We are on Facebook and Twitter. You can search for us on there, Blood and Black Rum Podcast. Give us a like, give us a follow, whatever you do on those social media platforms. 
We also have an email address at bloodandblackrumpodcast at gmail.com. You can write to us. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, what movies you want to hear us cover, and we'll take that into consideration. And finally, you can donate to us. Um, Anchor.fm, you can donate on. You can subscribe there. And you can also donate to us at Patreon at patreon.com slash bloodandblackrumpodcast. And we'll put that money towards beer, so we appreciate anything you can give. So, hopefully you uh, enjoyed our Santa Claus's episode. We hope you'll tune in next time for our New Year's Eve episode. New Year's, New Year's Eve episode, whatever <laughs> you want to call it. Hopefully, Martin will feel better for the next episode. Let's hope. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and until then. Take care. <laughs>